0: To be completely honest with you, most of us are still operating from this oversimplified, primitive understanding of the universe at large. Part of this primitive understanding is that most of us expect the universe at large, what many people call God or Source, to not only be all-knowing, but also to be able to control everything in existence, as if everything in existence was just a chess piece that's being played as a part of a greater plan that has already been decided upon. Now, if you look at that understanding, that primitive understanding that many of us have of the universe, it closely matches the relationship that many of us have with our parents when we're three years old. We essentially take that relationship we had with our primary authority figures and we project it out over the universe. Of course, growing up to find out that the reality of our parents was quite different than what we thought is a scary process and the same can be said of growing up, and realizing the truth of the universe versus this oversimplified way of looking at it. When we imagine that the universe can control everything in existence, we imagine that if the universe loved us, it would sense what we desire and it would make that happen for us. And if it doesn't make that happen for us, we make it mean the same thing it meant with our parents that somehow we have displeased the universe or what we call God or Source. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. Essentially, for the sake of today's conversation, I need you to recognize in yourself this expectation that because God or Source or the universe, whatever you want to call it, can control everything in existence, or so you think, that it can and will sense your desires and therefore can and should bring those desires to you. Make them manifest. Keep in mind that this is especially true for the things that we ourselves feel particularly powerless to creating for ourselves or to manifesting or to becoming a vibrational match to. For example, if you've experienced people betraying you, you may think that the universe can and should simply bring people to you who will never betray you. Or if you experienced failure, the universe can and should bring you success or if you experienced being taken for granted, the universe can and should bring you a life where instead you are deeply valued and appreciated. Because of this expectation, we become very upset when instead of finding ourselves in the opposite wanted experience, we find ourselves in yet another repeat of the painful situation, that unwanted experience. And guess what? Each and every one of us will find ourselves in repeat situations. Finding ourselves in repeat situations is especially painful when that repeat situation is something that was unwanted in the first place. When what we want is the exact opposite. We are in this place of, I never ever want this to happen again, and yet, here it is happening again. This does not happen because the universe has a personal bone to pick with you or because you're getting punished. It has to do with the nature of the law of mirroring. Many people call this the law of attraction. One of the governing laws that governs your time-space reality. It also happens because of the nature of expansion. So let's dive into why this happens. Why repeat situations happen in your life? First of all, like I said before, it is not happening because you have done something wrong and are being punished by the universe at large. It is not happening because the universe, what many people call Source or God, could make something else happen, but it just isn't for some reason. It is happening because you are a fragment of the universe and that means you have free will. You are a creator whether you are a conscious creator or an unconscious creator. And if you have any way of thinking or behaving that feeds into creating the unwanted experience in any way, that way of thinking or behaving has to be changed for the unwanted experience not to happen. It's at this point that I have to make you aware that the vast majority of people are not making it work with their conscious focus on manifesting things because, guess what? Your conscious mind is not the only thing that holds a vibration. Your subconscious mind does as well. And believe me, there's far more meat there in the subconscious mind. Imagine that what somebody wants is a relationship. Not just any relationship, a genuine romantic partnership. But every time this person gets close to somebody, they withdraw. Now it's easy to see from the outside that this is a sabotaging behavior. This is a behavior that will make it impossible to have that very thing that this person is wanting. Essentially this behavior is feeding the creation of the very thing this person doesn't want. It's not feeding the creation of a romantic partnership. The universe cannot come in and force this person with this pattern to be intimate and to not withdraw. It also can't force a romantic partnership to happen despite the fact that they are withdrawing. That by definition is not a relationship. It's a relationship that lacks intimacy. So we could call it a social arrangement, but that's not what this person actually wants. What the universe can do is to be in a relationship with this person. We could say the universe at large is in a very intimate relationship with each person because you are a fragment of the greater universe. So, let's say that the universe, what many people call source or God, can be in this very powerful relationship to this person. What the universe can do, is to lend all of its focus and energy towards making the person aware of this detrimental pattern within themselves, so that they can use their free will to make a different choice. On top of that, lending all of its energy towards what this person desires. And when that happens, that creates this... convergence, shall we say, of all the people, places, things and circumstances that are a match to what that person desires. Therefore, using this previous example that I was just giving, the universe cannot come in and just make it happen that this person is in a good relationship. Instead, this person has to recognize that detrimental pattern of withdrawal, use their free will to consciously make a pattern change, so as to bring about, create, or manifest, or be a match to, whatever you want to say, the relationship that they are wanting. And when this happens, we could say that this person is in a true state of self-empowerment. Now if the universe truly loves you, It wants you to be in a state of personal empowerment. Not to be just sort of sitting there at the mercy of everything else, including itself. I have said before that to heal is to experience the opposite. If you're interested in seeing that, you can look at the video that I did that's called What is Healing? It seems pretty simple at face value, right? And when we hear this, it's pretty tempting to think that to have a healing experience, you have to be in the opposite experience. However, this is not always the case. Sometimes the most healing thing is for us to be in the same situation, but to see it from a different perspective, make a different decision and take a different action. When we have a pattern, a way of thinking or behaving that lends its energy to creating what we don't want, it is likely that we will find ourselves in a repeat. This is a variation of the same situation all over again and that it is not meant to re-traumatize us. Instead, it is a huge healing opportunity. Look, I know when I say that something's a healing opportunity, many of you are like, oh my god, I can't deal with this in the self-help industry anymore. When people look at me as suffering as I am right now and say, it's an opportunity for healing. But stick with me here for a minute. I know it's not gonna feel good, but stick with me. Potentially the most healing thing is to become more aware and by doing so to change a pattern, a way of thinking or behaving that is in fact lending to the creation and therefore continuous repeat of that very unwanted experience. And that getting into the healed state, the opposite wanted experience is contingent upon us changing that way of thinking or behaving. So we could say that the way we are thinking and behaving is lending its energy to the recreation of that unwanted experience. And, at the same time, the most healing opportunity could very well be the repeat of that experience. So that you can understand this concept in a concrete way, I'm going to give you a concrete example. Let's look at Jane. Jane was born into a dysfunctional family dynamic in a Southern Baptist community and her family was not Baptist. She was not only made the scapegoat of her family, she was also made the scapegoat of her entire community. Jane longs to be a part of a close-knit group of people who see her goodness and who take responsibility for their own insecurities. And we could say that for Jane to be healed, that's exactly what she needs to experience. But what if I told you that it is actually a vibrational impossibility to put Jane into an experience where that is what she experiences? because of the way that she thinks, the decisions she makes and the way that she behaves. And, to the flip side, what if I told you that in the hypothetical uh, situation where we could control all of that and put her into that situation, it wouldn't actually be the best thing for her. Essentially, there would be zero free will, zero conscious creation and zero personal empowerment within it, and therefore, Jane finds herself in a nightmare repeat of her childhood. Jane has formed a very close-knit group of friends who all decided to live together in an artist colony. One of the other women in the colony, Beth, is very intimidated by Jane. She feels Jane is a superior artist, she hates the way that her boyfriend acts around Jane, and as a result, Beth started to see Jane as a threat. Because of this, she began to triangulate the other members of the colony against Jane. And it worked. Here's some of the reasons why it worked. One member of the colony recognized that Beth has been a part of this colony way, way longer than Jane. Therefore, she's in more of an authority position. So this person started to worry about their place being secure in terms of their living situation, if they weren't to align with Beth. For another member of the community, when Beth started to do this, what Beth did is bring up this idea of infidelity saying, oh my gosh, you would not believe it, but like, Jane is actually, actively trying to seduce my boyfriend away from me. Knowing full well that this person's parents were ripped apart by infidelity, so it's a personal trigger. As a result, this person was also successfully triangulated against Jane. You get the point, so on and so forth, each member of this community had a personal insecurity that they were not taking responsibility for. And as a result, they decided to preserve their image of this artist commune as being absolutely wonderful except for Jane. And pretty soon, Jane found her entire character under attack. Again, she was the scapegoat of the entire social system that she spends her time in. Notice the repeat from childhood? Without going too far into the process that it took to get her there, because again, this is an example of how a repeat is something that the universe may put you in intentionally and also because of the laws that govern this time-space reality, unintentionally. (laughs) Alright, so, what Jane figured out is that this pattern in her that continues to feed into the creation of her being scapegoated is a totally dysfunctional relationship with pressure. Essentially, anytime she's around somebody who refuses to take pressure that they themselves are responsible for and they offset it onto her, she has absolutely no boundaries around this pressure. Instead, she just takes it and then the next time takes it, and then the next time takes it. So she keeps taking the responsibilities that are not hers. Why? Because she's so afraid of the consequence of not doing so. And this is something that the people in this community take full advantage of. They love to put her in situations where they're like, well, take the pressure that's really my responsibility because if you don't, there's going to be a consequence for you. Of course, she's an absolute magnet for people who don't want any responsibility for themselves or others. And once a person learns that she will do this, they eventually make her responsible for literally everything in their life. And if she refuses to take it, she's immediately made the bad guy and the consequences of the responsibility being dropped come down on her instead of the other person. I'll give you just one example. In this artist's commune, it is each person's responsibility to come up with their percentage of the rent. And there's a person in this community, her name was Jess, who is chronically never able to come up with rent. So, when Jess can't come up with rent, she turns to Jane and starts crying about it. Now, Jane just takes the pressure and pays the rent for Jess, why? Because she keeps being told and understanding herself that if she doesn't, the whole group is not going to be able to come up with enough rent to pay the landlord, and the landlord could potentially kick them out. So that's the consequence that all of a sudden Jess has put on Jane, and Jane has taken so as to avoid that consequence. Jane realized that this dysfunctional relationship with pressure is something that began in her childhood. Essentially, this is what being a scapegoat is. It's taking pressure that is not actually yours, that belongs to somebody else and doing so because there are major consequences for not doing so. Let me explain. When the Baptist community treated her poorly, her father didn't defend her, he made it her responsibility to try to not take it personally. When her mother made her the problem in the family so that she could avoid facing the fact that she was deeply unhappy in her life and had chosen the wrong thing and therefore needed to change something about her life, Jane actually took the pressure and tried to act in a way that pleased her mother. When they expected Jane to caretake her younger brother, Jane took that pressure and resentfully watched him as if he was her son every day after school. Jane realized that she was in a repeat situation and that instead of focusing at the situation like this shouldn't be happening, the best course of action would be to realize that she has to see this whole situation from a different perspective, make a different decision and take a different action, that if she did, this might just be a healing experience. So what did Jane do? Jane decided that this time, she was gonna have to not take pressure that was not hers. That was gonna be her new practice, right? So what she did is, she decided to put the pressure back where it actually belongs. The first thing she did was to actually look at her behavior. To make sure, I mean really make sure, including checking it against other people on the outside, that she wasn't actually doing something that was detrimental to the rest of the people to make them feel this way towards her. When she was sure she was not doing that, she put a lot of time, energy and effort involving other people's opinions too, into really becoming clear about what is her responsibility and what is their responsibility, in the other people in her life. After that, she set a firm boundary with Beth. She had a conversation with her about how she has to face her insecurities relative to her own art, and her own relationship with her boyfriend. She told her that if she fears that someone can threaten the relationship, who she really distrusts is her own boyfriend. And Jane set the boundary that beyond ensuring Beth, that she will never cheat with him, she would no longer be made responsible for keeping their relationship secure, because that was their job. Despite the relatively amicable nature of this discussion, the problem is, is that having Jane in the scapegoat position was actually still on a subconscious level, serving Beth immensely. So Beth escalated the entire conflict and flew into a complete meltdown about how it's not okay and it's not acceptable and it's not fair, and in fact, I'm gonna leave the community. She even convinced another member of that artist commune to leave with her. Now it's at this minute that all the pressure to change the pattern has been escalated on Jane. So Jane goes, okay, i not going to sit down with this. What am I supposed to do if I'm in a repeat? Okay, what I would normally do, is I would normally just take the responsibility and go, oh no, no, everything could fall apart, my entire living situation could fall apart if Beth and this other person decides to leave. So what she would normally do is do anything to de-escalate the situation. She would immediately take the responsibility and the pressure to make Beth feel totally fine to be in the house again. That means please her no matter the consequence. Now, if that's what she normally does and that is in the pattern, she has to do something different. So what she decided to do was to say, look, I totally understand your insecurities are so intense when it comes to me that you may have to choose to leave the community. She did this knowing that not only was she gonna have to deal with the discomfort of changing that pattern relative to Beth, but also, she was going to be seen as the bad guy by the other member of the commune who Beth had taken onto her side. So that meant the loss of two relationships, not just one, and all the consequences that come with it. But she was at a point with her life where she had seen so many repeats of this pattern in her childhood, she was like, listen, the most important thing is that I do something different this time. So she stuck to her position. Beth was flabbergasted and furious. She and the other roommate packed their stuff into a car and left that night in the middle of the night. That same week, she also told Jess she couldn't pay for her rent, and after only one month of someone else having to pay for her, so as to not get kicked out of the place, the rest of the community asked Jess to leave and make room for another person who would make the rent. But, let's go, long story short, they couldn't find enough artists to move in to come up with the rent. But everyone agreed that it was not Jane's fault that they didn't take responsibility to do so. And so, all the remaining roommates got evicted from their little artist commune. Now, at face value, you may be like, oh my god, that didn't go well, are you kidding me? But hold the phone. Jane actually, in retrospect, feels as if all of this was worth it. Even though there were painful consequences, it was definitely worth not being in that same situation again. In retrospect, Jane could see how dysfunctional those dynamics were in that community and how what she was doing was feeding into it. So she had stepped into a life where she was no longer part of a social system where she was being scapegoated. And, most importantly, she didn't just step in and take all of the pressure, but she also didn't run away from it, only to end up in the same situation all over again. Her new healing practice was only taking responsibility for what was actually her responsibility and beyond that, only taking responsibility for what she wanted to take responsibility for. When we find ourselves in these repeat situations, the automatic thought that we have is, this shouldn't be happening. And why wouldn't we think that? It's not what we want, in fact, it's the exact opposite of what we want. But, from a more objective universal perspective, top-down, big mind perspective, this should be happening, and it is in fact for us. I'm not asking for you to automatically feel that when you're in a repeat situation. To be honest, it's not going to happen. You're going to get into it and it's going to be so painful, you're not going to be able to think about that. But, when you can take a breath enough to hear this message, I want you to understand that these repeat situations are the healing experience. And you got to think about how might they be healing. You have not gone backwards. You have remanifested slash been put in a healing experience where the healing thing, whether you recognize it or not, is to change the thoughts, behaviors, habits and actions that make you a match to and bring about that unwanted thing in the first place. You are meant to learn what it takes to lend your energy to the creation of the opposite wanted thing. What you are meant to do is to employ your free will to change those detrimental patterns so that the only next step there is on the road to healed, the healing step, is to experience that thing that you are genuinely wanting. Have a good week.